Welcome to another episode of the Open Tech Cast. We're here live at VMworld 2018 in Barcelona. And uh, today we're luckily graced by two extra uh, people. We, we've got Rob Bishop as our guest host, and we've got Joe Bagley uh, this year. So um, you probably know who Joe is. Uh, Joe, I'll let you do a quick uh, introduction. Uh, yeah, so my name is Joe Bagley. I'm the Vice President and Chief Technology Officer for Europe, Middle East and Africa at VMware. I think it's an incredibly long title. That's why it's shortened to VP and CTO. Yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah, so um, we're here at VMworld 2018 um, and all I wanted to ask, it, there's been a few really good highlights over the last year. Is there any ones in particular that stood out to you? The highlights of the year? Yeah. I there's So... Yeah, I've been at VMware now, oh, I don't know, seven and a half years, I think, 2011. So, yeah, seven and a half years. It's difficult to know. We, we give our, our long service awards at VMware a, a, a binary. So, you get them at four, eight, 12, oh, right. 16. Oh, so, nice. so I'm, I'm, I'm up for another award next year, I think. Um, so, I was doing a video with Ray earlier, um, and or yesterday, actually, before he left. And it's just an amazing thing where... It was just being proud. Well, it was actually the fact that we're proud of what we've done. You know, if you think about what we've done, not just in the last year, but in the last seven or eight years, what we've built at VMware, you compare VMware sort of 2011 to VMware 2018, and it's unreal what we've built. You know, things such as vSAN didn't exist, and NSX didn't exist, and all this, the SDDC has, has, has appeared and become a standard. And I walk around now, and I was just on the HPE stand, and it was with. Um, Matthew Perry, and he was demonstrating the HP Synergy boxes. And it was like, oh my God. And he's like, oh yeah, and this is built for vSAN, and that's built for this. And he was like, it was so cool. So actually, I don't necessarily highlights this year, but for me, we feel like we're really, really, you know, starting to get there. Yeah. I, I don't know if you, have, if you ever feel like you actually are there, but I feel like we're starting <laughs> to get there. As I, as I walk around this solutions exchange, which I usually get to do on the Thursday, which today's Thursday for those people listening, and you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday, I'm absolutely rammed, and then Thursday, I get time to myself, and I literally just wander around the solution exchange and chat with people. And it's so it's overwhelming, actually, to be honest, about how many people in the ecosystem we've got and the power that is behind what our customers have been doing. So yeah, I suppose the highlights this year in that respect is I'm just proud of how far we've come. Mm. And then obviously, there's been some, some fantastic news this week about that we've been doing. You know, we'll talk some of that later on. Um, but, you know, things like ESXi on ARM that we did in, in Vegas and mm. other bits and pieces. So, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, uh, well, I'm, these guys know I'm very excited about that. Um, <laughs> the company I work for, we might have some very interesting IoT-style devices. Yeah. And having a small cluster, uh, it's essentially on top of a very big windmill, does mm. intrigue me a lot. Yeah, so the ESXi on Pi stuff, which we did, obviously, at the end of the mm. keynote, with uh, myself and a few others were behind getting that into mm. the keynote, trying to do the end another thing. I, I actually wanted to do the Oprah Winfrey moment, you know, where everyone reaches underneath their chair, and it's like, <laughs> you get a raspberry pie. <laughs> but unfortunately, some people in marketing said no. Um, <laughs> so we are going to ship that. We are literally going to... Uh, I can't say when. I was just talking to Regis, who's the developer. You've probably been on the stand and chatted with him about it, about how and when we can get that into people hands oh, nice. um, but yeah ultimately yeah initially you think okay it's really cool for a vSAN witness mm. but then you go okay well what if I had a little cluster of them with two of them yeah. you know and I've got essentially redundancy on a Raspberry Pi node and you're basically building a, an arm cluster for less than a hundred dollars it's yeah. so yeah. cool right you know and that that's really for me as we do more stuff at the edge that's 
it's just showing what we can do. Mm. Awesome. And you mentioned the, the ecosystem there. Yeah. And, uh, one of the things that VMware is very good at is building that ecosystem. And occasionally VMware goes out into the ecosystem and picks one of the people within it and goes, hmm, you look really, really interesting. I think we'll buy you. <laughs> and there was a, there was a very interesting one uh, just recently, which uh, a company that Scott Lowe had joined a few months back yep. called Heptio. Um, can you talk to us about a bit about what were the reasons behind that? Because for me, I've always seen, they're obviously, for those who aren't aware of them, they're in the Kubernetes space. Yeah. Uh, and previously, VMware's Kubernetes uh, space was around Pivotal, which is very much more of the kind of enterprise end of the market. I'm interested to know what is going to be the impact of Heptio on the market as well, the way that you guys are working. So uh, the, the Kubernetes, you say, it's interesting you say the Kubernetes piece was around Pivotal. It was with Pivotal. It wasn't necessarily around Pivotal. I think it's probably right. a better way to put it. Uh, and that's why it's, you know, VMware PKS or Pivotal yep. Container Service. So, and before that we were doing things with, with Kubernetes and it was last year, this time last year, where we sort of launched PKS and put Kubernetes together with a, a joint yep. development around Bosch. Um, so, Kubernetes has always been massively important for us from a future direction and you know, there's, there's no doubt that Kubernetes has kind of won the war in that respect. And, and I, for me, that the pivotal moment for that was actually October 2017, which was in Copenhagen, um, it was the uh, DockerCon where sort of Solomon stands up and says, okay, well, we're now also supporting Kubernetes at Docker, and you just turn <laughs> around and sort of say, well, Swarm's dead, and you watch, the, <laughs> you watch um, all the other guys go, oh, God, well, that's it, we're done too, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so at that point, everyone went, about well, Kubernetes is one, we're done, that's clear. So, you know, fast forward to what we've just done with Heptio, that's really exciting for us because for us, we're all about innovation, we're all about amazing, clever, bright people, putting lots of bright people from diverse backgrounds and teams in a room and seeing what can be done. And so adding to that the 70 strong people at Heptio who literally are the world-class Kubernetes people, yes. right? You know, literally. Two of the founders. Yeah, and yeah. more importantly, two of the three founders with Craig and Joe of, of uh, Kubernetes, you know, are the founders and owners of Heptio. Yep. And not coincidentally, the, you know, another CTO called Joe to add to the one that we've got from <laughs> Cloud Health. So we have uh, HA Joes now, is yes. Yeah, we've got, basically we've got three Joe CTOs at VMware now. So yeah, with, um, yeah, with Joe Cancel and Joe Beder and uh, me. So I did suggest to Pat that maybe, you know, he only acquires companies with Joes, with a CTO that have beards. Or the so, three Joes. Yeah, yeah, so if, if, I, if I left and did a startup, will he buy it back? And he sort of looked at me and I thought, that's not a good idea. Um, so, no, back on point, it's really exciting for us now because what we can do is take some of what they're doing and a bit more of that into the teams that we've got going already around Kubernetes and really make sure that we can bring production-ready Kubernetes mm -hmm. to everyone. Yep. I hate to use the term enterprise grade. I know we used it in the keynote, but I've mocked it in the past because you know, quite often <laughs> enterprise grade is worse than consumer grade. That's why, <laughs> you know, that's why I sort of say, you know, enterprise, that's why I sort of say production ready. So that's yeah. really what we're looking at here. And, and you know, we have chief open source officer in Dirk Herndahl and, yep. and others. And so open source is massively important to us. And I think you'll see a lot more from us in that space Helping over the next year the masses, or so. Yeah, 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 definitely. Okay. so. Um, Moving on to the interesting panel session you had the other day. I've done a uh, few, so remind me which yeah, one. Yeah, this was the <laughs> Professor Brian Cox one, oh, which okay, was the, yeah, that, that was which the was, one. Uh, yeah, it was it was phenomenal. Um, some great panelists on the on the you know on the floor there, and just a bit more about. I know there wasn't so much about VMware in that panel session, no. but VMware have got a lot of points of presence in all these different areas like IoT, blockchain, artificial intelligence. And uh, it's, it's interesting. I know 
there's not necessarily go to market around all of those areas. I mean, Pulse IoT, I see Project Concord, yep. I see all the projects coming out now into beta, beta, sorry, and uh, uh, very American. Who have you been hanging out with? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, like what is, I know it's hard, but this the six month vision, is that just developing all those use cases out of the office of the CTO? Is that what the trajectory is behind all those? Like so, where is the vision? Yeah, I had a, a journalist asked me one of the meetings yesterday, sort of, you know, on the, you know, Product X, when is that going to be released? And I said, when it's ready. And I think my answer to all of these things is when they're ready. Yeah. One of the biggest mistakes you make as a software company is sort of, like, you know, stating a date to year out, we're going to release on this date. And it's just, you end up releasing something that's either not good, not ready, whatever. Just cause you, so for us, we've, we are very conscious we have a massive reputation for innovation, which is, you know, and I like to think we do. Obviously, we tell ourselves that, but we hear people tell us that from the outside. And it's very difficult sometimes to, to view yourself from the outside, but we, it's a big pressure on innovation. So in this machine that I'm part of, the Office of the CTO, there's all these projects running. So the IoT actually is now fully fledged and out of the Office of the CTO. It now reports into a, a Basque who now runs that. But things like blockchain, AI, ML are all initiatives that we're driving the Office of the CTO. But a lot of it's done in a researchy way. So it's kind of, let's go look at this space. Let's look what's happening. Let's not go into this with preconceived ideas. And let's see what comes out the other end. And it was, I've just, there's a video I've just published to uh, Twitter today from VMware TV with Ray and I talking about this and what we discuss is the fact that if you have an idea at something like VMware you do have to drive hard to get it through because there's a lot of people to sort of make it happen but more importantly you have to be prepared that what comes out the end of that process is going to be very difficult different to probably what you had in your mind going mm. in and so you know things like IOT we've evolved that story over time Kubernetes, I mean, look at where we are compared to three years ago on mm. containers. If I yeah. talked about containers three years ago, it was all, you know, about Visa integrated yeah. containers yeah. and, you know, and then Kubernetes pops up and, mm -hmm. you know, now we're in a very different world. So who knows what that's going to be like in 12 months or two years or whatever. As, as more people put these things into production, more th problems pop up that we look to solve. And so Kubernetes is a great example is that we're now starting to see more and more I really would say production installations of Kubernetes. We had David Matthews from Sky on stage talking about that, and they've been with us all the way on the Kubernetes journey. And blockchain's the same. I mean, blockchain I've, I've mocked publicly for several reasons. <laughs> no, um, you can't do that. Yeah, no, more than happily. I, I mock it for, so I mock it, I, I mock Bitcoin because of the horrendous waste of energy. Yeah. And I just think that the, the proof of work is just, it's morally corrupt, if you ask me, and I'm happy to be quoted on that. The but when we then now look and say, okay, well, what is blockchain? Most cases, it's a solution looking for a problem. You know, if your strategy is, I think to Simon Wardley, you know, if your strategy is use blockchain, then really you don't have an idea what you're yeah. doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so NIST came out with this really good flow chart last month or month or two ago, which sort of goes through and says, this is your problem, your blah, blah, blah. Yes, go down. Right, you know, no, use a database. And literally every fork is use a database, use a database until you get down like nine down. And at the end it says, you might have a use case for blockchain, yeah. right? Yeah. And so when we're looking at that, we have customers who do have a real valid use case for blockchain that have a valid use case for a distributed immutable mm -hmm. database. That's all it is. And so when we looked at that sort of two years ago and worked with the Hyperledger Foundation and Ethereum, et cetera, there were a bunch of things that needed solving. One was actually scale, believe it or not. And the other thing was to do with speed and resilience. The resilience piece, we did a whole bunch of research around something that's really quite old, which is Byzantine fault tolerance, which is something to go and spend hours Googling on if you really want yeah. to. 
Um, and then the other piece was around how we increase transactional throughput because I don't know if you know, but you know, to get a Bitcoin transaction yeah. through can take up to hours depending on you know. When, so it's not exactly going to be very useful if you're using it to buy coffee. Mm. You know, it's going to have gone cold by the time they go. Yes, that's a proof <laughs> and you can leave the shop <laughs> after you get out of your bed that you slept in for the last eight hours. Um, so we're looking at much more reasonable okay. use case in that space. Okay. And then obviously AI and ML. We had a fantastic panel, as you say, with yep. Brian Cox, which was that was mind blowing. As I was saying to someone, I. I, I, the PR agency said, should we do a panel on AI? I went, yeah. And they said, who would you like on it? And I literally just drew up this wish list of people. And it was like, I want, um, I want Alex Champandard. And Alex Champandard is uh, an amazing guy who worked at Rockstar Games on AI. So, you know, it's great to have a conversation about autonomous cars with a guy who wrote an AI for running people over. <laughs> and, and, then, and then you get to uh, Sophie, who's an amazing entrepreneur and very, very, very knowledgeable in the world of AI and Applicard AR. And then Catherine from Decoded, who is just an amazing woman who's an advisor to the prime minister in the UK and brilliant. And then I, I just put, oh, Maybe. And Brian Cox, right? <laughs> like this. And they came back like a week later and go, we've got them all. And I'm like, what? Wow. Yeah, and I go and tell my kids, I'm like, I'm going to be doing a panel with Brian Cox. Yeah. They're like, really? <laughs> but I then phone up Brian Cox and then go meet with him to prep for it. And he's like, I'm not an AI specialist. So I don't really know what I'll talk about. And then he suddenly went, oh, Fermi paradox. Yeah. And I went, brilliant. And then we start, had this whole conversation, like an hour on Fermi paradox. <laughs> and and it was like, yeah, let's start with that. And yes. it really goes from there. So I'll leave, I'll leave the listeners to Google Fermi Paradox and work yeah. that one out. Right. Well, Joe, um, VMware uh, has always been um, quite big on women on tech. And there are so many roles in which we always see. I, I think for me, uh, VMware is the company to follow when it comes to women in tech. Um, but there are many other initiatives going within uh, VMware uh, to promote that. Can you elaborate a bit about that as well, uh, so that for our listeners, they become more inspired to um, uh, invo get involved? Yeah, definitely. I think I, when I, I, the best way to frame this is I'm, I'm really proud of what we've done around diversity and inclusion at VMware. And diversity and inclusion is an important term to use. Um, so I, I'm actually, I'm non-exec non director and advisor to a few boards, and I was asked to be non-exec director for a company, actually a recruitment company, and through a, a friend who's a CEO, and I said, you know, I'm chatting with him, you know, why do you want me to be a non-executive director? Is it to talk about technology? And he went, no, I want you to come and talk to us about the, and educate us as a, as a business on the culture of um, innovation, diversity, and inclusion that you have at VMware. And I'm like, that's cool, we're famous for that now as well. And so let's talk a little bit about what that means. And for us, you come to a fundamental understanding, which is that if you get a bunch of exactly the same people, I don't care what they are, they could all be women, they could all be men, they could all be Indian, they could all have the, come from the same university, I don't care, get them all in a room, in a team, it's nowhere going to be as cool what comes out the end of that process as if you've got a diverse mix of people. And I think we can all agree with that. And so as we look to be innovative, we realize that drawing on a diverse collection of people in that process is massively important. So when I'm trying to form a team, I'm looking for people that haven't done this before, that are looking at it from a different perspective. And diversity can be not just gender or race, it could be their education. I want people that don't have degrees, that haven't been through that process. I want people that don't have A-levels or whatever that is in their, you know, 16 plus education. I want people that do have five degrees. I want people, you know, all those in a room. And then I want people that have been raised in a single parent family because their output on how you do things is going to be very different. And Martha Lane Fox talked about this in the keynote, right? She, she mentioned yep. the same thing yeah. about, you know, 
the design team from Apple not having women in it for a certain thing, and strangely it doesn't happen. So, you know, that's important. But to get that team together, you have to have a culture of inclusivity. Yeah. And inclusivity is also so important because a lot of people focus on diversity, which is right. We need a quota. I need five of these and three of these and two of those, and so let's change our hiring process. Inclusion is about making them feel like they can be themselves in that environment and actually bring to the table what they've got. The best description I have from this was one of our internal, very senior managers, um, who was the, summed up amazingly for me. He sort of said, diversity is inviting lots of different people to the party. Inclusion is getting them all on the dance floor. And, <laughs> yes. you know, and, and that's yeah, yeah. really, that's very powerful to me. Because yeah. you know, you, we've all been there, right? I mean, a lot of the people listening to this will be geeks and introverts, et cetera, et cetera. And we've been to parties and we've kind of stood at the edge, right? because I don't feel like I can be myself. And if I do go on the dance floor, I'll be embarrassed and people will look at me and go, look at that idiot. Yeah, that on. was me which yesterday. Is, which, is, which is me <laughs> last night. Which is me entirely. So that's, that for me is diversity and inclusion. And that is absolutely core to our culture at VMware. And the proudest moment, which still gets me emotional, I'll start to well up in a minute about this, is that we have someone who went through a, a gender transition. So they went from being a man to being a woman. Um, and What's so cool in the UK, and we've had a few of these around the world, and people feeling to be themselves, and we had this whole thing about, you know, be yourself, dare to be yourself was a culture thing we drive. This person, she came out as a woman in the office first, before she came out as a friend, before she came out in front of a family. So how much does that tell you about the environment yep. that we build and, and around diversity and inclusion? Amazing. So for me, it's not just about women in tech, it's about getting everyone involved, everyone feeling that they can take part, everyone feeling that they're included and they're valued and they can actually, you know, we care about what they say and think. And, and that for me is diversity and inclusion. So if I can drive that, that's better. Now there's techniques when you go into that and you look at it and say, okay, well, how do I help people through that? And I mentioned it in, a, I did a session yesterday about building your brand and career. And one of the, one of the facts that always sticks with me is that a man, will apply for a job that they're about 50% sure they can do. For a woman, generally they have to be about 90% sure they can do that job to apply it. So as a father of two children, who are girls, yep. and now one of them is 18 and a, and a woman. You're I, that most of the way around the table. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so I think what can I give them to prepare them for a future that is diverse, exciting, and you know unpredictable, confidence. And so the one yep. thing I've started to say is, okay, I'm going to instill confidence in you, a confidence in yourself, a bravery, um, and a resilience through that confidence that then allows you to speak up and step forward. And, and to be honest, you know, that's one example for how you can help women do that. And then there's, there's other sections of society that you just have to turn on and help them. And someone said to me, there was one woman said to me once when we were going through this process, they sort of said, I don't need you pushing me from behind. I just need to know you're there to catch me when I fall. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's that. It's knowing that people are supported, being supported in a group. So yeah, we talk about women in tech, but for me, it's much more about that. And, and that's, that's right. I'm proud of what we've built at VMware. We're nowhere near finished. And I don't think we ever will be. But if you drive the right culture, we have people that come to us because of our culture. You know, and people want to come to work at VMware because of how they can be themselves. So cool about that. No, that, that as, as absolutely is the thing that uh, would drive anyone to VMware. Um, uh, that it does for community as well as you want to be part of a community when you work somewhere and uh, VMware is the place for you for that. I was at the, we have a, a private party, obviously there always is for, for VMware staff and actually it's the marketing team plus 
some people that they like, which includes me, every year that we go to this party. And I was at a bar with someone else last night, and I just went, I've had worse jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, first, thanks for inviting me on, guys. Uh, great honor to be on here. And a question for me, Joe. Uh, you've always been a great supporter of VMUG yep. and the National VMUG event. Are you joining <laughs> us this year? Yes, Rob, is the short answer to that. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, a, it's an annual booking for me is to be the VMware VMUG, the UK VMUG. I th community groups, so let me, let me flip it around. So I, I mentioned yesterday um, in the session about brand and, and culture and stuff is to try and remember, try and it's almost when you're doing that is how do you make other people feel? And I just remember how I felt when I was in the early days in the 90s as a Microsoft consultant consumer, but not working for Microsoft, which is where I started your and NT, etc. And I remember going to user groups and seeing like the CTO or the product manager for Exchange, and I thought, oh my God, you know, this, this is amazing. And I remember the impact that that had on me to see the product manager for Exchange, you know, and some, I even knew yep. his name and could drop it in conversation and say, oh yeah, I know, you know, so and so. <laughs> Um, that was pretty cool. And so the minute I sort of got in the position where I'm a CTO of a software company and could do the same, I was like, let's, let's flip that. And I'm, I want to make sure I can give back in that way. And someone else was asking me, you know, how, how do you present in a, in a way that's engaging for an audience? And I said, I just have to think about what they want to get out of that situation. What does an audience want to get out? So for me, engaging with community is massively important. Every year there's a session that we do for the VMUG leaders, um, which Pat and I go and spend time. And trust me, getting some time with Pat at VMworld is very, very difficult because <laughs> he's meeting with the CIO of Citibank and other stuff, right, and Vodafone and all this kind of stuff. So they get, and he goes and spends half an hour or more sat in front of the VMUG leaders with me and we just chat. Because for me, um, VMUG is massively important. And here's why. VMUG is, if you think through how, what does my life look like, okay? I, it's, it's odd to describe, but a lot of it is I'm, I'm wheeled out in front of the very, very important people that are our biggest customers. So if I'm not very careful, my lens can be entirely built around our top 100 customers that I see in a year. And you know, I meet the CIO of whatever bank and you know, that's how I see it. Whereas actually, by far the largest percentage of our customers and revenue, et cetera, comes from not those people as a whole and the 80-20 rule, but everyone else. So I'm like, how do I meet the 80%? How do I get the 80% to meet me? And my answer to that is VMUX. And so I get a lot of thrill out of being in a VMUX and meeting you know, the person who's in charge of three servers and she's at her first ever VMUG and she wants to come and talk to me about, you know, should I go with vSAN or not? You know, that yeah. kind of, I'm like, this is cool and tell me what you hate and bitch to me about the HTML5 client and, <laughs> you know, all those kind of things. That's what I want, right? So if you do mm -hmm. see me at a VMUG, you know, if I'm, get a chance, grab me, sit me down and tell me what you like, tell me what you don't like, tell me what you hate. And that's why community is important to me because that's how I can get feedback and more importantly, it's how I can get people engaged with VMware because, my job at VMware is actually connecting R&D in the field. That's the bottom line. That's my job description. Connect the whole of office of the CTO is connecting R&D in the field. And so for me, the field is our pre-sales and salespeople and our customers. So that's it. So how better to connect with the field than come and sit with me and tell me what you think? That's brilliant.
Thank you very much, Joe. Well, um, just want to say thank you very much for joining us this afternoon, Joe. It's been a, a real pleasure. It's always a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you, Rob, for being our guest host on this afternoon as well. Uh, and of course, to Amit, Ather and Gareth for joining us co-hosting today. Um, in the meantime, if you want to follow the podcast at OpenTechCast on Twitter, you can email us at podcast.opentechcast.com. Um, until next time, keep the community in. Initiating extraction. Initiating extraction. Thanks for listening to the Open Tech Cast. Thanks for listening to the Open Tech Cast. See you next time.